0: uh into in today but you know what the important thing is we are here we're going to we're going to talk uh make some financial sense here and uh uh we did just have somebody on the line uh, of course we will take your phone calls throughout the show as well 715 845 2155 is the number to call but uh, merle first thing I saw when I got in here uh this morning uh when I myself uh woke up and, and got into work although although waking up for work today with the the schedule the way it's been lately today for me was sleeping in Uh, we, uh, we've got, uh, I, it it could be a big, uh, a big story here to close out, uh, 20, uh, 2020 Tesla heading to the S and P 500. I'm sure this is something that's been on your radar. Uh, my, the curious thing that I get anytime I see a big company like this heading in first off, what's the initial offering price going to be? Second off, is it going to be too high? And third off, is it worth jumping on right away? I'm sure that's something that uh, that you've been digesting over the last couple of days.
1: Yeah, well, in Tesla in here, it's not doing an initial public offering, so the price doesn't matter. But what it does going into the S&P 500 is the S&P 500 is an index, and so it's just a measure of 500 companies. And uh, with that, they typically take the uh, number one and number two in each uh, slot in Tesla, Reach that level as far as market capacity or market capitalization if we sell all the stock off essentially, mm-hmm. and so with that being the case, now there's going to be adjustments and some buying and some stock because now the SP 500 has to buy it in the same weight as the rest of their index that they do, and uh, so with that you'll see the stock price. I'm just going to say jump around. I'd like to say it either goes up and down to adjust, but Tesla just seems to keep going up. Not exactly sure why, but it seems to just keep going <laughs> up, um, and so that's one of the things that we'll end up seeing then is that adjustment probably monday it happened after hours yesterday so monday we should see tesla stock go up down sideways left right as it mm-hmm. adjusts itself um, into having the, the the needed weight inside of the s p 500.
0: And, and when you see prices jumping around like that i i've got to imagine that it's something that uh, you know for somebody like me anyway it would be a little anxiety inducing because you're seeing your value fluctuate uh, throughout the day but i'm guessing it's your job to kind of Take somebody like me and back you off from the ledge a little bit and say, hey, this is long-term. This isn't short-term. You only lose the money right yeah, now yeah. if you actually take it out.
1: I always like to make the joke at my office. The only time I get stressed, I really do, and then I jump out of my window. Of course, it's on the first floor, floor <laughs> right. It's very easy job. I mean, okay. <laughs> right. But, you know, one of the biggest things you hit upon something is because this year I've had, you know, a conversation with some friends last night. And they said, well, how was the year for business for you? I said, well, the business was just fine. I said, but it's really strange. I've never worked so hard in my life in this industry and it was just basically making sure people were good so in our industry and i'm speaking for all of my colleagues that are in this business too it's been an odd year and here's the reason i i I put my thumb to it at least so the COVID happens all the shutdowns happen right at the end of march which end of the month or end of the quarter is when everybody gets their statements well so everybody gets their statements as they're quarantined at home as the stock market drops oh lord did we have a a lot of work to do and not and I'm not saying it's not work, but we just had to do a lot of hand-holding and letting people know what was going on. And one of the most difficult things was, you know, this was artificially done. This wasn't the economy went bad. We shut it off. It should go back up again just because everything points to that. Let's hold on. And you know what? that turned out to be the, the right advice because of the stock market, of course, did take back off. The economy did come back again. Don't get me wrong. The economy still has some ways to go. But mm-hmm. from uh, from the measure of the stock market, boy, it's... It turned out to be a pretty good year from a market standpoint by doing nothing more than being patient. And sometimes it's the thing you have to do. As you said, you talk people back from the ledge from making a knee jerk reaction and then just looking at history from that standpoint and, and letting that uh, continue to run. And that turned out to be the right decision this year.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, certainly looking at uh, 401k statements and, and things like that, we, we're definitely in a better spot uh, than we were uh, earlier this year. So, as you said, my. My question to you a couple of times actually has been, you know, that's got to be the difficult part about your job. Is yeah. telling everybody, look, you're only losing the money if you take it out today. Right. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen three to five weeks? Or who knows what's going to happen in quarter four? Yeah,
1: you better watch it. You're going to turn into an investor. <laughs> you know, I, I watch out for this. Those are good words. You know, that, and that really is the biggest thing. Um, our emotions play so much into the investment business where we uh, sell, let's get out and we're going to move. We had a few clients that sold out of the marketplace, and, uh, you know, and that was a prerogative. One of them was a planned sell. Uh, he was retiring and going to pay off some stuff, and he says, well, um, I, let's, let's just go ahead and do it now. And so we did a little, a little bit early, but something was planned. And we had a few people that said, I just can't take it anymore. Let's go ahead and get out. Um, but at large, people stayed in and were rewarded by staying in and staying patient, which is the most difficult thing to do. I see in this program, I say to my clients as we talk throughout the course of the week, and, they, and they'll and they ask me questions like, well, how do you do it? What do you look at? it so well, the first thing you do is I take politics out of it. you got to take the politics out of it, and that takes out probably about 90% of the news garbage. I mean, media. No pun, you know, No offense. <laughs> None taken. But we take that stuff out of it. We say, okay, let's look at the numbers. What's actually happening mm-hmm. with the numbers? Where are things going? And so we went from enormous, uh, I think it was at, at 14% unemployment at one point in time, mm-hmm. we were at, I think, the last measure, 6.7. Um, so that's improving. The economy is enormously stimulative with interest rates. Um, and so with all this stuff going on, the marketplace really didn't have anywhere to go but up. If you look at a lot of businesses and colleagues that I talk with that are in manufacturing, uh, they're, they're going pretty strong. Now, hospitality industries, we've talked about so much getting killed, and the number mm-hmm. of small businesses are having difficulty. But The large core businesses are still continuing to keep moving forward, though we are hearing some signs of some of them slowing a little bit. Part of that this time of the year, holidays, vacation, that whole bit. Um, But a lot of these corporations have created a rotation in case their employees get COVID. COVID. So if we've got, for example, 50 employees that are inside of this department, let's uh, put 55 in there because we know we're going to have a rotation of people having COVID uh, going in and out. And a lot of companies are adjusting to this stuff. And and as a result of that, their production is continuing to continue, keep moving forward and not shutting off. So, you know, we look to corporation and uh, American innovation to how we're continuing to keep moving forward through all this.
0: And then getting back to, to the point we had started on here with uh, Tesla being moved to the S&P 500, uh, you know, that's one company that we have seen uh, we you don't want to say they've been immune to it but as you said they just seem to keep going up that electric Mm -hmm. car industry is hot right now we look Mm -hmm. at ford with the electric mustang we've got electric pickups coming out now yeah yeah the the electric hummer and and when you look at a company like tesla making a jump like this and they've only gone up what does that tell you about the economy and, and in the situation that we are in right now
1: it, it tells us that the underlying economy at large is doing all right. You know, One of the things that we saw this year, and, and I'm going to come back to Tesla on this, because it's, it, we're, we're seeing what's happening um, in, in our industry. Um, and this is talking with my colleagues all over the country. So I said, do you see anybody retiring? This is throughout the course of summer. No. And usually summertime is when a lot of people retire, especially mm-hmm. the beginning of summer, because they think, well, why do I want to you know, retire in the winter just to have snow? Well, I mean, nutcases like me want to go snowmobiling and ice fishing, that kind of thing, you know. But right, um, but usually people say, "Oh, I'm retiring in the summertime," and it was like none. I mean, we didn't see anybody retiring over summer. Um, people just said, "Well, as long as I'm working, I'm going to keep going until we have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and have some clarity as far as what's going on," um, and then maybe we'll decide whether or not we're going to retire. And all of a sudden, this last month, insanity—people retiring all over the place. Uh, maybe last you know month to six weeks, people retiring to the point now where. In my industry, at least in us, we're having a hard time keeping up with all the people want to retire. And we have to take people. You're going to take a week. You know, <laughs> just just wait a week, and then you wait can retire. Week, yeah, you know? um, but but now, now I think people are starting to have some comfort in the marketplace because it went up, the economy went up, um, purchasing went up. I predicted. Months ago with Tom here in this program that we're going to have a record Christmas sales, um, but a bunch of it online. It looks like that's going to be huge is all the online sales, of course, because of COVID. And it's changing how business functions across the board right down to uh, restaurants and, and and how they're functioning. You know, the dining in tends to be slowing off as much as taking out and curbside delivery. Um, so, so business is changing, but business is continuing on. And as a result of that, you look at consumer spending, Tesla's companies coming out with the new hummers the new Mustangs mm-hmm. why are they doing it because we're still spending money and there's still money to be spent that are out there
0: yeah and and again electric cars seem to be the future at least for now yeah. there's people like me I'm not ready to to go out and invest in one just yet I still like my uh, I still like my Chevy Malibu but it's something that these companies now are maybe getting ahead of the curb and or ahead of the curve and and maybe 10 15 years from now, we will be ready to to make some sort of a transition to this. So mm-hmm. these are companies that are just kind of, like you said, getting out there ahead of it and, and changing the way they do business right sure. now in preparation. You know, a,
1: a friend of mine a few years ago um, bought a—was um, this a Chevy or GMC? I think this is actually a Chevy truck, but it actually has a electric boost to the truck. So when you're accelerating, it throws um, power into a motor um, and makes his, his mileage just incredible for his truck. And I thought, what a cool technology— I said, so what kind of a warranty did they give you? They said, they gave us a, gave me a lifetime warranty huh. to make sure it works right. And so it's got electric boost, so you're not using all that extra fuel to get yourself up to speed. It uses an electric boost to get it up there, and he loves it. He said, I know it's a difference, but his mileage is incredible. So he's got a pickup truck getting 26, 27 miles to the gallon, and mm-hmm. it's a full-size truck. Yeah. So and- the electric stuff is going to be part of our lives. I think we have to accept that part of it. Um, and it's okay because it's really cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely.
0: We'll take a break here on Making Financial Sense. He is Merle Kelch. We've got the phone lines open, as always, 715-845-2155. We'll take your calls and uh, talk more as we get to ready, uh, I guess, wrap up uh, what has been a uh, a big year of financial planning here on WSAU. Eight twenty-one here on AM five fifty FM ninety and in Wausau ninety five point one FM WSAU. We're making financial sense with uh, Merle Kelch. Uh, Merle, uh, just talking during the break, making sure we're going to get all of our gifts and our Christmas presents this time of year. Because this right. is really the the last business weekend uh, of the season, it, isn't it, it?
1: It pretty much is from from uh, from here out. We're uh, we're done, and uh, I'm uh, I'm out of here too after Christmas. I'm going to go visit as I do every year. Um, I have an uncle that I love dearly and uh, cousins down in the New Orleans area. And we go down there and we rent a house and go fishing and hang out and uh, enjoy a little bit of heat and weather. We're not sure about the Bourbon Street thing yet at this point in time, as mm-hmm. we know that um, bars tend to bring a lot of people together and, and COVID tends to happen from that. And Bourbon Street, of course, is eight bars per side of the road per block. Right. Maybe <laughs> eh, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. You know, uh, The decisions right now, as I'm in clear mind, but after that, mind clouds a little bit, your decisions are to make. Uh, <laughs> yes, the, like the decisions. You know, there's something that's out there for those of you that are business owners that I have to make sure we chat about because sure. um, one of my uh, my buddies, the business owner in town, turned me on to it yesterday. I'm like, oh, that's right. And I kind of had the you know, the epiphany a little bit going, oh, I kind of remember that. And so I had went back and reviewed some of it. And there's a bunch of articles that are out there. Um, I have an article that's up here now from Kiplinger, but I read articles this morning from uh, CNBC Market Watch and other places that talk about the PPP, a loan that small businesses had. And, and the reason for my warning on this is to make sure you talk to your financial advisor, I'm sorry, uh, tax advisor, financial advisor too probably. But if you don't do it right, there's some really weird things. Essentially, the PPP becomes an income because of how the expenses are done. So in here, of course, you have that PPP loan, which if you do it right, and 60% of it was spent on employees' expenses as far as wages and keeping people employed, which was one of the intents. Mm-hmm. Um, that means if you get that PPP, PPP tri I I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, you get that loan. Um, what occurs then is if you're using it for those types of expenses, and if you use it for some of the rent and you use it for some of that thing, which you can do up to 40% of the loan, Um, you can't write it off as a business expense. And so all that money that you get for the PPE, um, when you pay those expenses, you can't write the expenses off. And so essentially the PPP becomes an income. And you look at it and say, well, geez, that's only if you expect the loan to be forgiven. Well, if you don't expect the loan to be forgiven, that's fine. But then you got to pay the loan back. So, you know, in here, it's one of those things you get, you know, Senator Grassi came back and says, that's not what we decided. The IRS says, no, 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 our interpretation is to do what you guys wrote. Change it if you don't want it to be this way. So we don't know if there's going to be something that's going to change it. But right now, it's complicated. And, folks, if you have a business, you get the PPP loan, you might be not compromised but unable to, I guess is the better term, to expense some of the things that you actually use the PPP money for. For to give yourself a boost, you can't write it off. And so therefore it becomes an additional income to you getting the PPP money for using it for that. So contact your tax advisor because it's a weird time mm-hmm. uh, at this point in time. And, and how do you do some of those things? Something that's supposed to help you may end up helping you certainly, but also kind of shooting you in the foot from a tax standpoint. So Uh, chat with somebody about that lots of articles about that right now
0: yeah it it, it's one of those things that as you're explaining it to me and explaining it to the listeners at least to me it it makes some sense but there's also a sense of you can get lost in it because you've got a lot of a lot of initials there you're talking about moving money from one account to another and moving from one side to the other and how does this going to end impact my income do i have to make this look like business income yeah. and it's really only going to make sense to you if you check on your specific yeah. situation
1: right what's what's interesting to me about this is i've been in this business for jeez 30 years my lord am i getting old nonetheless but in 30 years of doing this including going back into college and You look at the tax laws, and what they did is they wrote the tax laws, they passed the tax laws, and then they came out and said, okay, we're going to follow them. We'll make amendments and change things later on. Then we went through a time in the U.S. where they just said, okay, we're going to do this. Well, what's the rules? We haven't written them yet. Just go ahead and do it. (laughs) And this one was kind of a combination, the, uh, the CARES Act, which is where PPP comes from. Uh, the candidate threw it out That said, okay, we wrote the laws here. They threw it out there and come back and said, well, that one screwed up. This one screwed up. Well, we, now we got to fix this stuff. And now they're going back. And they still haven't fixed it yet. But but hopefully we get there. But, um, but some of the stuff is just a little goofy in how it comes through. Again, the IRS, their job is to interpret what Congress does. Just like the uh, Supreme Court is to interpret mm-hmm. the Constitution. It doesn't make the rules. Um, the IRS is the same thing. Well, we're not going to make the rules. We're just going to interpret how it's written and what we feel. Um, and right now, at this particular point in time, they're saying, no, no, no. The, the legislation says if you get the CARES Act, you can't write this off as an expense. So, boy, contact your tax advisor, folks, this year. Don't try to do it on your own. Contact the tax advisor. They're going to be worth their weight in gold uh, from this standpoint this year.
0: The, don't try to just h block online oh, all hey. this, man. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's something that you're going to yeah. need. You're going to need to block off an afternoon yeah, for that. I'm, I'm that. a
1: nutcase, and I, you know, taxation is part of my blood. And I used to do taxes for clients many years ago. And if you're a client of mine, I'm not doing your taxes, okay? But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, I'm in this stuff, and I still do my own taxes and stuff. But I also have a friend that's a, you know, masters of taxation that helps me answer questions because there's some things I'm like, well, how the heck are they doing this one? And I'll do that. And this is what I do for a living. And I mm-hmm. still can't some, some parts of the tax still goof it up.
0: Yeah, and when and uh, we have a uh, caller coming in here at 715-845-2155. What I was going to ask you about is what's going on in Washington right now because we do have a two-day spending bill. We don't exactly have a full spending bill just yet, and there's a lot of things that are going to be up in the air about how next year is going to work as well. We'll get a chance to talk about that. Uh, good, uh, good morning, caller. You're on Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch. Good morning. Who are you talking to?
1: Morning. This is Corey. Hey, Corey. How are you? Awake. That's a good what, start. Uh, what, what What do you think is the best way to make a uh, Christmas gift, is it too late to make a financial Christmas gift to a, uh, a relative or to a uh, uh, grandchild? Um, you just make it out to Merle Kelch Early Retirement Fund. <laughs> oh, how do you spell retirement? <laughs> M-E-R-Y. No, just all right. <laughs> You know, some of the best ways to do that, um, in my opinion, is um, you set up what's called a 529 for the kids. Um, a 529 plan works out great, and you can do them. Every state has one. state of Wisconsin makes it really easy to do online. Um, also, you can see your financial advisor, and you can do it from any states. Um, my preferred state that I like using theirs, and even though we live in Wisconsin, is Alaska's because they got a lot of different good investment choices inside of it. Um, so I like using the Alaska 529 plan. But as far as sake of ease, still so this time of the year, um, uh, Wisconsin would be really fast to get done. You can do it online. So the other part of that, you have to make sure you have, of course, the birth date, which is probably easy, but you have to have the Social Security number of the child in which to do so. But that would work out brilliantly and help them out with their education long term. Well, I'll have to consult my wife for the date and the Social Security. No. Well, that's because men don't know this stuff. We're not allowed, Corey. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> thank you sir have a merry christmas all right brother later bye all right and thank you for the call And merry christmas to you as well and what what you're talking about there is that a, a college savings plan
1: there is yeah so a 529 savings plan um uh, and so you know many of us we, we don't think about doing a 529 plan for the kids and it's something we keep thinking about and we always end up running out of time at the end of the year so at some point in time i'm not sure that my son-in-law and daughter-in-law are actually listening at the moment but uh, for our grandkids, and, and we're probably going to do this soon, we're going to put a, a bunch of money inside of the, the 529 plan for them because it grows tax-free and it comes out tax-free as long as they use it for education later on. And so when they're little ones like now, you know, little wee tykes, uh, they may not be getting the toys, but later on they'll go, this was really neat. Um, I've mm-hmm. seen it happen hundreds of times. Um, so, so with it, you put some money in now when the kids are young. And it can really grow to be something because it grows tax-free, again, comes out tax-free as long as it's used for education. Now, the beautiful part about that is grandparents. Let's say grandson, um, which there may be a possibility. I don't know. He's a pretty ruckus little (laughs) fellow. He decides he's not going to go to college, but he's going to chase whatever rendition of the Grateful Dead there is. And by that point in time, there still might be. Who knows? Yeah, right. Um, It'll be the dead twice probably at that point. But, you know, he's five years old now. So 13 years from now, you have the ability to really use the markets to continue to grow. Well if he decides he's going to chase the grateful dead and he's not going to go to school or use his money for any sort of education, um, grandpa and grandma can hold that money back and say, "Well, if you don't use it, we're just going to give it to your sister." And hopefully that puts a little motivation in him to say, "Well, I don't want her to get it, so I'm going to go to school myself." <laughs> so, you know, it's called, uh, you know, ruling from the grave if we're still around by then, but the second part of it is is that Um, It hopefully puts a motivation for the kids to get some education, whether it's college or a tech school or becoming a plumber, whatever it is, um, you can use it for all that uh, that stuff. Uh, A late friend of mine, she put money away, and uh, she put a, I think it was $100 $150 a year. Mm -hmm. Um, She originally worked for me, and she moved on to other stuff and started her own business at the time. And we had forgotten that she had did this, and after she passed away, um, her husband and I kind of went, was this still there? And so we looked around also, we found it back out. And here it turned out to be a really good sum of money for her daughter. So her daughter wanted to go to school. Uh, so she went to school, and I had to, of course, tease her and say, what do you plan on doing for a living when you're done? And uh, so she finished up at school. She said, I want to do this. Said, well, there's no money in it. Well, she found there's no money in it, so now she's using the rest of the money she didn't use mm-hmm. and going back to school once again to uh, have a job with a good career. She's going to law enforcement, so God bless her.
0: Yeah, we certainly need more of those these days. Again, back on the phone lines at 715-845-2155. We've got time for one more call here before we break for news. Good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch. Morning. Good morning. morning. Um, I bought
1: my mother's home on a life estate 15 years ago and told her she could live in that home for the rest of her life rent-free. Well, it was time to put her in assisted living, and now I've got the house on the market and I'm looking at probably making a little bit of money on that house. Okay. Is there any way I can lessen my tax impact on capital gains? Um, maybe, but you may not like how that happens. But um, when you went through and you did all the legal work on here, um, uh, does mom still own the house or do you guys own the house? We own the house. You guys own the house. Okay, so the answer is how do you lessen the impact? You don't you get the privilege of paying the taxes on it now so depending upon how it was done you may have the the, the term they use is called receiving boot or a step up in basis um, uh, when mom gifted it to you or however that was done or you might have to use mom's basis if she, it was a, it was a true gift that she gave it to you you may have to use mom's basis you're gonna to have to find that information out and that's going uh, to a tax account based upon what you did and how you guys set that up gotcha but, it wasn't gifted it was it was pur- purchased at fair Market value. Okay, perfect. Uh, so so now you know your starting numbers, so the fair market value to now is going to be your number. Gotcha. Uh, no way around that one at all. Otherwise, if mom still owned it um, to one degree or another one, mom passed, you'd have a step-up in basis, but that doesn't sound like that's the, uh, the case. So uh, um, hopefully it sells before the end of the year because we know what the tax, the capital gains are for this year. We don't know what's going to happen next year. Gotcha. Um, so hopefully uh, that part of it gets done for you. Thank you, sir. Already. Bye bye.
0: All right. Thank you for the call. Again, we will take a break for news when we come back. More Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch here on WSAU. It is 8:37 on a Saturday morning, mostly cloudy skies outside the WSAU studio. We are on our way towards a daytime high of about 32-33 degrees. Haven't been too bad this year. A Little snow on the ground. Uh, Merle had a bit of an interesting uh drive into the office today. Oh, though, yeah. But you're, it was it was fun. You're, you're uh, here safe and sound which is, which is good because we always uh we love these uh weekly making financial sense segments, but we do have to disclaim you that oh, yeah. uh We've got some legalese we have to get well, out. Well, first way. of all, I do
1: got to say, it was kind of fun slip around in a truck. That I you know, you gotta <laughs> like that stuff. You gotta get that testosterone going, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, the yeah. sure, so sure. Let's try this one more time. The opinions voiced on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward looking statements but may not come true. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Beck Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, Beck Incorporated, Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies. The folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only.
0: Yes, and now that that is uh, out of the way, we've it kind of transitions uh, perfectly into what I wanted to ask you about next. Forward-looking statements that may not come true. Well, if you asked us all, on, uh, you asked us all back in July, we were going to get another round of $1,200 stimulus payments. Mm-hmm. That never really came to fruition. There's kinda a got,
1: forward statement. that <laughs>
0: yeah, kind of got put on the back burner. Uh, then all of a sudden this week, uh, Thursday and Friday, there was a lot of talk about another round of stimulus payments that would be tied to a government spending bill, but it may be between – Six and seven hundred dollars. Well, that didn't come to fruition last night. We have a two-day spending bill to at least get us through the weekend. Mm -hmm. Now, my question to you: Setting all that up is, what are you looking for to come out of Washington this weekend? Because there's still a lot of moving pieces in the stimulus bill as to whether there's going to be more paycheck protection program funds. What what is going to come out of this, or or what? uh, How could this impact uh, somebody going into the last two weeks of the year?
1: You know. I think they're going to come up with a stimulus package, of one degree or another. So I, th- I think that's coming. So, so if you're out here thinking, well, are we going to get something? I think the answer is yes. And I think, I think the government needs to help out. And so I think that's a point. Now, the big argument, of course, comes in: is is the government supposed to bail out states that had themselves in such trouble before the coronavirus? Are we supposed to bail them out too? And I don't think the I think I don't think we should. I think states that got themselves in financial trouble should get themselves out of it. Now, are they? furthered as far as financial trouble as a result of coronavirus, the answer is yes. And so one of the ways that it should be simply done is, okay, we're going to pay all states per person or per population. I've heard this on a couple of different fronts. Um, so every state gets, um, I'm making up a number here, folks. Everybody gets $10, and I'm saying it because it's ridiculous, but you'll get my point. Mm-hmm. So every, whatever your population is, you get $10 per person and additional federal uh, money that goes to the state to help offset the expenses of having coronavirus inside of your state. And, and I think something like that works because now every state gets a, additional money um, for the people that had coronavirus or for the expense of the coronavirus within the state. Um, I think that makes sense without us going in and bailing out Illinois or New York because they gave away the farm and had themselves in financial disrepair so bad before coronavirus that so they weren't going to be able to get it out. I don't think we should bail those states out um, because, you know, Wisconsin was fiscally uh, was responsible. I don't think we should bail out Illinois because they were not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cert- certainly uh, certainly something that makes sense there. But when these negotiations go on in Washington, I think you and I both know it's it's not uh, as cut and dried like that, and things well, become they, heated pretty quickly. Yeah. How do
1: you become a politician? Politician? How's that? It was part of a movie, but I'm I'm changing it. But how do you become a politician? Well, you take a, a perfectly good person, you throw out all rhyme and reason, then you get into politics. So that seems to be how it goes.
0: Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, as far as individually, uh, there's obviously the the seven six seven hundred dollar payment. That's something that we can look forward to. Uh, as well possibly again we're not saying that this has gotten done yet we we've thought that before and it didn't come to fruition yeah. but it, that's the biggest part i think that uh, just joe or joanne average looks for is there anything else here that may come to fruition that could help out uh, people as well given their given their situations
1: you know i think the coronavirus the simulation is going to come is going to be lesser than what the last one was um yeah, there, there always comes a time, and I don't know that we're here, but there always becomes a time that you look at from an economic standpoint that economists look at, government looks at, guys like me look at. Um, when you're coming out of a recessionary time, and I'm not saying that we're in a recessionary time, though it feels like it for sections of the of the of the marketplace, and I'm not going to say that it's not. If you're out here unemployed, boy, it's terrible, and I'm not going to say that it's not. Um, but what happens is there becomes this point where you look around, you see hiring 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 all over the place as far as jobs go but people are thinking well geez if we get that stimulus maybe i can get a little bit more time or something of like this nature but um but i would say is i think the stimulus is going to be less than the last one and uh, we might see an extension to the ppe but the the time has come for us to say well we got we got to get back to work um coronavirus i don't want to get it i don't want you to get it mike i don't mm-hmm. want anybody to get it um uh, but the probability is, is we will and the probability is enormously high we're going to make it through Um, And so we we have to get back to work, whether that entails that we have to wear masks or do different things to try to minimize our chances of getting it. we got the coronavirus coming, um, but we got to get back out there and get working because I think the stimulus that's coming will probably be the last one. Um, And I think it's going to be less than it was before simply because we see light at the end of the tunnel. And, again, having that clarity that we're going to get moving forward. So uh, so with that being said, um, I wouldn't bet we're going to see it as big. And i don't think we see it again as far as simulation go um, from ppe yeah there's too many job wanted signs and and we're hiring signs all over the place for that to continue to keep furthering
0: yeah exactly i think the bottom line from this is uh, you know continue to take care of yourself however it is that you do and don't bank on something like this uh, helping you out if you get it great give yourself a little bit of a boost somewhere in the sector of your own economy that you're yeah. maintaining uh, in the in your in your own home, but uh, don't uh, don't expect something like this to to just kind of uh, sustain you for the long sure. term.
1: So this is all, of course, in fun, but we're having a conversation yesterday with a couple of nurses, and they were saying how you know Listerine might be something that just really helps with uh, coronavirus because of it gets into your mouth system and rinsing your mouth out with Listerine a couple of times a day, would, of course. Uh, kill the coronavirus because of the alcohol and that type of thing in there and we were then noticing how the number of positive cases are just dropping like crazy in central part of Wisconsin and I said well let's see Listerine alcohol holidays Wisconsin alcohol maybe this is the reason (coughs) is uh, with the holiday parties is it's actually dropping coronavirus because of our ability to have a cocktail here in Wisconsin and so Um, if I had one right now, I'd raise an old fashioned to uh, you know, the lack of coronavirus, and us being Wisconsinites, and you know, showing the world a path. There you go. What do you think of that? (laughs) I I I think that's sound. I
0: think. Well, I I think I put
1: logic to something that seems personally uh, perfectly reasonable, at least to me.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, we we. uh, we, we'll just say we don't come to this show for medical advice, but... <laughs> yeah. but and, and um, that's
1: And that's a, that's a, that's and a good that's thing. And that's a very good thing. So we yesterday um, uh, passed up and, and made it through what's called a quadruple witching day. So a quadruple witching day is a date when we have stock index futures, stock index options, stock options, and single stock futures expire at the same exact day. And all this is is that people who are betting on the... Uh, the come of the rise or the drop of the stock market, they're making bets back and forth on options, which is actually no stock. But what happens is that uh, whether those stocks are in the money, they expire, That it forces a lot of volatility and training. And so days like this are some of the things that sparked off uh, the stock crash in 1987. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what these things. And so a lot of people were looking at it and see what was going to happen as of yesterday. And, and though the stock market was down, um, it didn't uh, form this great big sell-off, though we were down 124 points when you're at 30,124 points as far as the percentage is nothing. In fact, 0.41 if we want to be exact. So the beautiful thing about that is we made it through. Um, The stock market continues to keep looking forward um, as far as stimulus goes and uh, businesses continue to um, grow as much as possible and change and evolve. Um, It's one of the reasons we haven't seen things change a lot. Now, um, this one I put out here for everybody that's doing it, including son in law So I have to put son in law on this one. He's a a cryptocurrency guy. So Mm -hmm. uh, he loves cryptocurrency. He thinks it's fantastic. Um, Of course, I still charge him with a a question, and that was, um, I said, can you tell me what uh, Bitcoin makes? Because he's making a bunch of money for it, and good for him. I'm happy for him. And he comes back a week later and says, it doesn't make anything. Exactly. Can you tell me how much profit they make? Well, the coin went from here. No, 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 that's not the coin. Tell me the company, Bitcoin. What do they make? Nothing. Okay, so then what are you investing in? Um, Cryptocurrency. Well, he didn't get that part. But as with the recent run-up, he's, he's doing pretty well with it. So I keep telling him watch every single day. Now, I caught the the TV program, and I looked for it this morning. and didn't see it. Um, but it was on CNBC yesterday. Um, there were five hedge fund managers that have been pouring a bunch of money into Bitcoin, folks. And they're pouring that money in to offset the falling dollar. So with them doing that, they've been putting a ton of money inside of Bitcoin using it as a hedge. And I don't understand quite the logic where and why, but it's been forcing up the prices over the course of the last number of weeks. So what tends to happen in here, folks, is that when the price keeps running up, you tend to get a lot of millennials and people who can do it quickly and they start putting a lot of money in to try to ride the wave. It's just that the last person usually gets caught with their hat handed to them. As people say, okay, we've made enough, of it, and they start selling out in volumes. Uh, the last people in tend to get their hat handed to them. And so, if you're in the cryptocurrency, I'm not telling you to just run out and sell, um, but I'm saying start being diligent and watching this consistently over the course of the next few weeks, especially as the holidays are coming along. Inside of mutual funds, fund fi- fund families, fund managers. Um, They're doing this. A lot of times at the end of the quarter, what they try to do is they want to run their numbers up so that they get some window dressing so they look good at the end of the quarter, statements, etc. whatever the case may be. And guess where we are? End of a quarter. You've got Mm -hmm. five fund managers running money in the cryptocurrency to offset the falling dollar. The falling dollar is causing losses inside their portfolios. They want to get them up. I don't know if this is the case. I can't confirm it. But it smells like it, and that's all I want to say. And so with that, if you have cryptocurrency, um, uh, Bitcoin uh, at all, um, just be diligent. Watch it continually, multiple times a day, to see if it starts falling off, that you don't get your hat handed to you being the last one in the game. And, and, that's and with the moral couch warning on this.
0: Yes, my, and my question as well, with <laughs> as far as cryptocurrency goes and things like that, what are you actually buying? You are buying, you are getting something that you cannot see, you cannot hold it, and when it comes down to it, you can't buy anything with it either. I haven't yet to walk into a store that says, we accept Bitcoin, yeah, or we was... accept uh, some other crypto, because I know that's not the only one. I know yeah. it's just the most popular. We're seeing a little bit more inside of bigger cities. Um, I know people
1: that are doing it inside of Appleton are actually paying for stuff with Bitcoin um, in restaurants. Um, so... I, I haven't seen it here in Wasa yet, but, but, but it is happening. They're using it from that standpoint. But y- your whole point is, is, is what's the value in it? Well, the value is um, the ability of the next person to buy your coins from you. That's the value of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if nobody wants to buy them anymore, I think that will certainly have a, a, a drop in the valuation um, across the board. Um, so, so with that being the case, watch it diligently here these next uh, number of weeks here, folks. Um, So that's the best thing, again, not saying buy or sell, make your own decision on that, but watch it. It's at a time where it has some big volatility, and history has shown that in the past with cryptocurrency already.
0: He is Merle Kelch. We are making financial sense here on AM550, FM 99.9, and in Wausau, 95.1 FM, WSAU. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this back for the last segment here making financial sense with merle kelch on am 550 fm 99.9 and in wasa 95.1 fm wsau i am wsau news director mike leishner merle joining us here for again as we mentioned a couple of times kind of the the final show kind of wrapping things up here for yeah, for 2020 yeah, what yeah, uh yeah. what it's been said six ways to sunday has been you just heard it there with the promo of all little year everybody's looking forward to something better in uh, in 2021, I know uh, for me, my thing is I'm going to buy a couple of Powerball tickets on my way home from work. Uh, the jackpot's up over $300 million. I know Merle's going to tell me that's a terrible investment, but I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do it anyway.
1: <laughs> you know, so this year, somebody said, well, what's the year like? Hey? And I heard this years and years ago, but it seems to be really fitting. Uh, 1920, I'm sorry, 2020 was like uh, walking blindfolded through a cow pasture. Mm-hmm. You know what's coming. Eventually, you're going to step in it. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah. and, and,
0: and there you go. Absolutely. That was
1: 2020. It's something, something, no matter what you turn your corner, something's going to hit you.
0: 715-845-2155 is the number. We do have time for a couple of phone calls as we head to the phone line. Good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch. Good morning. Good morning. Who
1: are we talking to today? Mine's Bill.
0: Uh, Hi there. could you Could you go through that 529 scenario just a little bit like, Whose name that account
1: has to be held in versus grandchild, sure. you know, grandchildren or parents or whatever. Yeah, so five twenty nine is um, um, born out a number of years ago, but essentially it allows you to how the law actually reads. You can prepay college, is how it actually terms. But the money goes into an account. Um, it comes in from mom and dad or grandpa and grandma for grandchild called beneficiary, and the money goes in there, and you can put in uh, quite a bit of money into it each year. Um, in fact, you can actually make up to about $55,000 in one year if you want to make that gift. Um, I'm sure the grandkids would appreciate that, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but you can put the money in. Um, and it goes in on uh, uh, an after-tax dollar, but it grows tax-free as long as the child uses it for a qualified educational expense, which is, you know, room, board, tuition, all that stuff. They can take the money out tax-free and use it for educational purposes. So the benefit in this is that if grandpa and grandma put the money in, when it comes time for doing FAFSA reports for school later on it doesn't count because grandpa and grandma put the money in and they're what's called the trustee of the account and so with it it doesn't count for that so whatever that money grows into doesn't count for the kids but it can still be used for the kids so So what would be the best setup let's say as a grandparent i set mm -hmm. up one of these accounts who would i make the beneficiary to to the uh the parents no the beneficiary is a child the beneficiary is a child okay okay so so grandpa and grandma it's best to have them be the trustee and so the beneficiary is a grandchild now, like okay. I said before, a grandchild one doesn't go to school. You can change the beneficiary to grandchild number two. Okay, and that works okay. out okay. Now, what's kind of interesting here is I actually have a client that they put money for a five twenty nine plan away for their child, and the child's not going to use it. The child's comfortable because oh, I'm fine. And he said, "Well, all right, you're kind of at the age you'll probably start having some children at some point in time. So what they can do is they're going to take the five twenty nine plan that they f- gave for their child. Mm-hmm. The child's doing fine in life, and he says, "Well." We'll just make it for my kids someday. So at some point in time, he'll have children, and they'll change the trustee to the grandchildren versus their child on money that he didn't use for education. So it's that portable, and we as grandparents have the ability to do some of those things. So it's kind of handy that way, and it grows tax-free, and tax-free coming back out. Can't lose.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. And my question on that is you can do that not knowing who the benefactor is going to be then. Because obviously if you're transferring be, it, though, yeah. to a grandkid that's not born yet or a great-grandkid. You yep. can't do that yet. You okay. have to make
1: that sure that they're born. So they actually sure. have to be uh, uh, born and, and, and kicking and all that kind of stuff yet before you make it to them. But you can do it at one day old, two days old, as long as you have a social security number. So yep. everything has to be tracked from that standpoint.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so it would be a case of the grandkid is holding on to it with the intention that it will one day be transferred to their grandkid, but the money would have to stay in the parent's name then in that sense. Parents or
1: grandparents, yeah, they yep. have all the control, and so uh, that whole bit. So uh, do we have time for a couple of little tidbits I want to have to watch? Okay. okay. a couple of little tidbits that are out there, folks, to watch. Um, uh, one of the big one is Intel to Microsoft, and I want people to watch this, especially if you have, have Intel. Uh, Microsoft has announced this past week it wants to start making its own chips rather than using Intel's for stuff. And that could have a, a, a disruption and a bounce around with Intel. Remember, Intel early this year, they came out with chips that were already behind the game and advanced micro devices had already leapfrogged them. So Intel's been having a little bit of a rougher year comparative to certainly AMD, uh, where advanced micro devices, devices were up 100%. Now, I'm not telling you to run out or either one of them, but watch that Intel because if they continue to keep having more and more companies that stop using their chips and building their own, then we could have some issues in there inside of Intel. Uh, so we have to watch that. They need to get some innovation done. So um, uh, so with that, that's my tidbit for the day. And also watch Robinhood. By the way, folks, Robinhood just got a $65 million fine from the Securities Exchange Commission uh, because they were doing some stuff wrong. Um, everybody thinks, well, geez, Robinhood doesn't charge me anything. Nobody trades in the stock market for free, Mm -hmm. and neither does Robinhood. So you got
0: to watch a few of those things, folks. Absolutely. Well, we always appreciate the time, Merle. We'll look forward to chatting again in 2021 under what will hopefully be uh, better circumstances. It
1: will. Just no blindfold to the cow pasture. Absolutely.
0: It's making financial sense here on WSAU.